I want to tell you about a new partner of the Red Hand, Andy Willis Strength and Conditioning. Rugby, even at an amateur level, has never been more competitive. If you're serious about feeling fitter, stronger, and gaining confidence in your body again while playing, then this could be your opportunity. Andy Willis is a rugby strength and conditioning coach, providing a first-class online strength and conditioning service for athletes. Andy provides his athletes with clarity, support, personalized performance programs, and sports injury rehabilitation. Andy would like to offer listeners who are serious about leveling up their game a consultation call to discuss their goals and how strength and conditioning could help you level up. Find Andy on Instagram at andywillis underscore sc for more information. I want to start this episode of The Red Hand with a message from one of our new partners, William Carlisle Coaching. William Carlisle Coaching, helping yo-yo dieters stop living their life on a diet and achieve long-lasting fat loss results. We've helped hundreds of dieters ditch the strict, boring and bland diets while losing 15 pounds minimum in 90 days. This is all done with the Fit for Life Transformation Program. It's the counterintuitive approach to weight loss and will change your life forever. If you want to know more, grab your phone, and pen and paper and write down William's social accounts on Instagram, it's at William Carlisle Coaching. And on Facebook, it's just William Carlisle. If you type that in, you'll find them. If you'd be interested in learning more, drop William a message and have a chat with him. So that's William Carlisle Coaching on Instagram or Facebook. Just type in William Carlisle and look him up on there and drop him a message. Hello and welcome to the Red Hand Podcast. The Red Hand provides next-level Ulster rugby coverage, offering fans unrivaled insight, unfiltered opinion, powerful stories, and accessible analysis. Every minute of every game is covered with weekly in-depth written articles, interviews with players past and present, analysis from rugby experts, and a podcast in which we preview and review Ulster's games and discuss all things Ulster rugby. To gain full access, please join us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash the red hand or visit theredhand.co. I want to introduce the Red Hand listeners to a fantastic business who support the podcast. Hill Fitness is Northern Ireland's leading home gym equipment provider. Whether you're a total beginner buying your first weight set or a strength training veteran creating your dream home gym, Hill Fitness have you covered. From dumbbells to squat racks, gym flooring to exercise bikes, Hill Fitness have everything you need and more. The Red Hand listeners can receive an exclusive discount of 5% off their first order in-store or online. Just use code RED5, all caps, at the checkout. Check them out at hillfitnessuk.co.uk. That's discount code RED5, all capitals, for 5% off your first order at hillfitnessuk.co.uk. Hill Fitness make amazing home gyms happen. Welcome to the first Red Hand podcast of the season. It's so good to be back. You'll have seen a load of stuff happening with the website, a lot more content. We're going to have podcasts for every game, content and more interviews. Very excited for the season ahead. I'm joined today by Ian Frizzell, Ulster fan and regular contributor to the Harbin on Rugby podcast. Hi, Ian. Hi, 
Peter, good morning. Thanks for having me on. Good to have you. And Rhys Jones, rugby journalist, uh, writes on Substack and he writes for a number of publications, including the Allianz Premier 15th. Um, so Rhys, good to have you with us. Yeah, pleasure to be on, Peter. Thanks for having me. And another regular uh, contributor and Irish Times journalist, Nathan Jones. Hi, Nathan. Good morning, Peter. It's been, God, it feels like it's been a really short summer, hasn't it? All of a sudden we're talking about rugby, rugby again. I know, I know it's it's flown in, but it's it's good to have it back. I was delighted to be back at uh, the Kingspan last night or Ravenhill for the hardcore fans. Um, so for anyone who didn't see the game last night, it ended up 31-12 to Ulster. At the end of the day, the actual result of friendlies doesn't massively matter. It's the performance we're looking at, but I have to say I'm delighted we got a decent win. So again, if you didn't see it, uh, tries from Madigan, uh, Rob Little, John Andrew, Luke Marshall, and the returning Jacob Stockdale. I think we're all delighted to see that. Right, you may have noticed um, we have uh, we've reached outside the Ulster Rugby bubble uh, with Reese and Nathan, um, but they are uh, honorary Ulster fans, and I always think it's good to um, to look beyond the bubble and hear some outside perspective as well about Ulster. So delighted to have those guys joining us, and Ian is uh, an Ulster faithful. So. Um, he'll add some much needed bias to proceedings as well. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, we'll start with you, Ian. Um, so, first of all, how good was it to be back at the Kingspan and what was your overall impression of the game last night? Oh, well, it was massively uh, uh, entertaining. Um, it was uh, brilliant to be back. Maybe not the largest crowd. Um, but certainly the, 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 the diehards were back there, people around us. It's good to see a few familiar faces in the, in the, in the terraces and on the, on the stands. Um, overall impression of the game. Um, I, it, it was a bit of a game of two halves for me because I don't think Exeter really were at the game in the first half. They were very poor and uh, their discipline was awful, uh, which, which led us into a, a, a few opportunities. Second half, I thought they were they were much better. They were better structured, and they asked uh, a lot more questions of us, which was good because that's what you want from preseason friendlies. You want to be tested uh, and and see what what's working for you and what's not. So, yeah, uh, brilliant to be back. Looking forward to the season, and um, uh, hopefully uh, better things to come. Uh, at the end of the season than, than what happened at the end of last season. Yeah, and we'll come to that. Uh, we'll talk about predictions and expectations for the season ahead. But uh, great to be back. as there myself in the East Terrace. And yeah, it was just nice to have rugby, live rugby back. I've, I've really missed it. And so, Reese, uh, you overcame some technical hurdles uh, to watch the game. What impressed you about Ulster last night? Um, yeah, I mean, it was a great performance. I mean, like you said, there's only so much you can take away from preseason friendlies. Uh, but I mean, a preseason friendly, like a 31 12 win against a club like Exeter, I mean, there's not much you can't really go wrong there. And I think I also played with, they look like they played with so much confidence, especially when you consider they, you know, essentially played with 30 players throughout the game, you know, and so many new signings and debutants. And, um, I think the first half especially was was really smooth. I mean, yeah, like Ian said, Exeter weren't up to scratch. They made a lot of mistakes. Their discipline, you know, wasn't there. But you can only play the team in front of you. And especially for that first half, Ulster just 
it just seemed so confident. They just seemed really in the driving seat to me. Yeah, yeah. No, it was, uh, as you say, look, it's mixed mixed bag. It's difficult to judge uh, performance against uh, a team, which I hadn't appreciated. Exeter had a, a game in Cornwall uh, as well. So it was really split squad and uh, quite a lot of young guys playing for them as well. So, but you can only play what's in front of you, I suppose. And uh, yeah, some good performances, which will come to sort of more individuals later on. But uh, Nathan, I just want to reflect a wee bit on last season. So Ulster had that bitterly disappointing finish to the season last year and they just seem to always fall short. So what areas of Ulster's game do you think Dan McFarland will be eager to improve this season? Yeah, I mean, not, not much, to be perfectly honest with you. I think, you know, it's from an Ulster point of view, it's obviously frustrating the the kind of narrative of, of continually falling short in, in, in big knockout games, but it probably was one of the more complete Ulster sides and squads we saw Last season, I think, from from the outside looking in, so to speak, I mean, if you look at that that game down in South Africa that cost them what, the set piece malfunctioned a little bit. Um, a few, I think, skill execution under pressure probably let them down as well. I remember we we did a review pod and there was two or three line breaks that, that didn't go to hand that could have easily led to the scores under the sticks. And I think that's just playing in these games. That's just playing in more and more of these knockout games, which which Ulster you would like to think would do more of. Um, and then the other thing we spoke about, I think, and we probably will get onto it later on, is I think depth. We, we've continually lamented McFarland's reluctance to bring on his, his a lot of his bench players in in key points, and I think that has pointed. It's, look, it's easy to say why haven't you brought this guy on and, and and use that as a stick to beat him with, but I think you know in the twenty three man structure of the game, etc., Ulster's depth compared to some of the bigger teams that they are looking at competing, particularly in the forward pack. Um, probably what is a little bit lacking in, in, in those bigger games against against the slightly bigger, more powerful teams. So I don't know. I don't know how you can improve that uh, in, in just one summer, to be perfectly honest with you, without, without pulling out the checkbook. And I know we're going to talk about transfers later. But yeah, so there's, there's a lot of small things, but I guess those small things are the ones that, that make a difference in, in those semi-final defeats. Yeah, absolutely. There's it's a game of margins, and there's some added depth to the squad certainly now. And we'll come to talk about that that reluctance to reach to the bench wasn't an issue, I suppose, last night because we changed the entire team out of time. But yeah, it's good to see good to see the depth coming in there. And I want to talk now about sort of individuals, and I think we all were sort of keeping keeping an eye out for certain players last night, you know, guys who are coming back and in. What players stood out for you last night? Was there any particularly pleasing performances? Oh, there were uh, quite a few. Uh, P- Peter, I know you've got um, the list of all the, the new signings and unfamiliars there. Um, and, and I don't want to sort of uh, uh, jump on to the next uh, uh, questions. But um, I, I, I thought... Uh, Jake Flannery was was uh, fantastic in the first half. Um, he looks all business. He looks like a like a guy who can uh, run a back line. So I'm very impressed by him. Nice nice to see um, a couple of the young fellas coming in there and performing very well. I thought uh, uh, O'Brien at fullback looked assured, uh, and uh, I was very pleased to see um, Harry Sheridan uh, looking. Like uh, you know, senior player already. Uh, so for those of the established guys, uh, 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 I can't not mention Stockdale. Uh, not just because of his uh, return to the team after a year, 
But I thought his uh, his, his overall performance, uh, he didn't look as if he has been away. Uh, he looks fit. He looks like a guy who is on a mission. Uh, uh, and uh, hopefully that gets him uh, back into the Ireland squad and on the plane to the to France for the World Cup. Lots of lots of very good performances. Lots of uh, guys who are standing out um, uh, and eager for 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 work. And and uh, the competition for places across the team now is is greater, I think, than it's ever been. Uh, so um, yeah, I'm, I'm just excited to see how these guys can. You know, keep to the level that they showed last night, and 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 improve on that. Uh, yeah. And when we when we reintegrate the the injured and, and rested uh, first teamers, um, it's 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 exciting. Absolutely, no, there's a, a good few players uh, coming back, guys we might have forgotten about. And again, we'll come to that. But okay. Reece, um how how do you think Ulster played last night overall? Again, was there anyone? Coming from outside this Ulster rugby bubble, was there anyone who stood out to you maybe that you hadn't been aware of before? I mean, in terms of overall performance, it was it was good. I think Ian said earlier it was a it was a game of two halves, and I mean it really was the first half. They were much smoother, and I think yeah, on on paper, probably the players coming on in the second half were probably you'd look at them as the better unit um, and the extra grew into the game and Ulster really lost a foothold in the second half, um, which, I mean, has been a sort of key thing in, in Ulster games in the past. I mean, it's what sort of lost them the game down in South Africa last season. Um, but, but they held on, you know, really well. And, but in terms of, you know, individuals, I don't want to double up, but Jake Flannery did look really good. I mean, like Ian said, he looks someone who can command and run a backline really well. And what I really liked was, you know, he he brought that sort of structured play and he was able to run a backline, but he looked really calm under pressure. I mean, his cross kick uh, for Little's try, he he got swamped um, by extra players and just sort of so coolly and calmly delivered that perfect cross kick uh, to Little. And that, that was great. And I mean... Michael McDonald's really stood out for me as well. Um, he's just come over from the Waratahs, I think. Um, and he was just, you know, sniping from ruck to ruck in that first half. I mean, that that Madigan try, that was, so much of that was down to just, um, I think Michael McDonald's just quickness and calmness. And then he just so calmly laid it off to Flannery, who just, and Madigan was just running such an excellent strike line. So, but that 9-10 tandem last night in the first half really stood out to me. Yeah, no, absolutely. He's delighted to see that. Uh, Michael McDonald, I think people have been talking about as as adding competition. I, I, I sort of, to be honest, hadn't seen much of him. And being a rugby nerd, did look him up and, and I've researched him. And he's very highly rated and you can see why. Do you know, he looks sharp and he, he looks like he could push for, um, he could push Duke and, and Cooney. It's exactly what we want. We want guys to, both those guys, Duke and Cooney, are not uh, going to shirk the challenge, you know, so um, it'll just raise their game, which is great. Um, the other, the other guy, just uh, uh, Sean Raffle, I actually thought was good from what I saw of Masen just before the game. Me and Ian, we're 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 both there, but it, it's hard to see sometimes when you're in the stands. Um, players like that, so they're sort of under the radar. But he's really good poacher, and he gets in, he disrupts 
Uh, he forced a few turnovers, uh, which he hadn't appreciated live at the game, but uh, I thought he was very good. So I think a back row featuring Sean Raffle and Marcus Ray, for example, would be formidable, you know, in terms of breakdown threat. So uh, very excited for that. But you know, we just talk about sort of friendlies in general. Like, what are the goals of a friendly such as this? What will McFarland be looking for? Probably not perfection, but what are the main sort of points of having these friendlies? Um, would it not be better to give players a rest? Or what, what, what's the what's the purpose of a game like this? No, by all means, the biggest the biggest point of this is just, just minutes in the legs. Just get guys out there, get them, just get slightly different competition in their faces where you can test test skills and test systems than what you've been doing in preseason. Just purely pure and simple. I mean, coaches are always talking about. They look out for performances and results look out for themselves. I think in games like this, even performance to a certain extent is, is secondary because you can't expect any continuity when you make 15 changes um, at halftime. So it's just a case of getting guys minutes and legs. Lads you haven't seen in a while, maybe get them back out there. I know we mentioned Stockdale. Another big one is, uh, who's on the bench is, is Achuku. I think he's going to be huge this year in the conversation we're having around depth. Um, and look, if you get a couple of strong attacking sets where your structures look good, even with the lack of continuity or, you know, maybe things like things like defensive sets um, and your structures there, just get the lads working hard. You know, you don't necessarily need continuity on that side of the ball, so to speak. So if you get two or three decent sets on either side of the ball, plus just getting minutes in the legs, I think that's, then that's a success. And that's, that's as much as the coaching staff will be looking for at this stage. Uh, absolutely. And, in, in terms of um, the the new signings, I think we've covered that in terms of the guys uh, that we're excited about. I've got a list here, and, and people might not be familiar with all these guys. Frank Bradshaw Ryan's come over from France. Uh, he was at Nevers and the French sort of second division, uh, former Munster player. Um, he's he's very big lads. Um, thought he d- he did fine without without massively standing out to me last night, uh, um, but. Look, he's, uh, these guys will take a while to bed in, and that's completely fair. I don't think we can judge anyone just yet. So we've covered Jake Flannery, a very assured performance from such a young player. Michael McDonald has come in at scrum half, um, will force competition. Declan Moore, uh, who joined us last year on a sort of a six-month contract and has been kept on. Like Declan Moore, seems pretty, um, pretty good in the loose. And we needed someone, obviously, with Bradley Roberts moving on. It's it, it looks like a, a sort of solid, a solid hooker line which didn't function amazingly well. I think it's partly, as you're sort of saying, Nathan, you just need minutes out in the pitch, and uh, it's it's easy. <laughs> I think it's it's uh, it's maybe you get a false sense of confidence whenever you're playing unopposed, and then suddenly people are competing for your line, and you go, "Oh, right, okay." Uh, we need to sharpen up. But Declan Murray was good. I'll not go through all of them here, but I just want to ask a general question, and, uh, and I'll leave this open to the floor, but do you think Ulster have strengthened strengthened their squad in the right places? Do, do you think we have enough depth now, or are there still big areas of weaknesses in that squad? Um, I'd go first, um, Peter, if you don't mind. Of course. Um, I, I I think, yes, uh, we, have, we have strengthened. I think um, that was shown last night. There were a few comments um, when these some of these signings were uh, were announced. Uh, oh, why do we need Michael McDonald, for example, when we've got Duke and Cooney? And uh, you know who's Frank Bradshaw Ryan? Um, to to me, you can never have enough depth, but you need class. 
depth. You need depth that if you have to go to third, fourth, or even fifth choice, that you're not losing an awful lot. Uh, and I think that's what um, Dan has been doing over the last two, three seasons. Uh, I can think back to, to, you know, sort of three, this time three years ago, we, you know, we would have been putting out almost a full academy uh, squad into a pre-season friendly like last night's. Um, and yes, there's a couple of the academy guys that, that, that were shown last night and it would be remiss of me not to mention uh, young Rory Telfer, uh, who had one amazing uh, run in his own 22. I've been tracking this guy since, since he uh, went to Korean Grammar with my grandson and watched him at under 12s and, and under 13s. And he's, he's just an amazing talent. And uh, hopefully we'll see more of him in the, in the, in the years to come. But, but going back to the, 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 the question, I suppose, there are a couple of areas that I still think that we might just struggle in. Um, and, and obviously front row, uh, although it's, it was good to see Tamag Allen uh, show his experience last night, particularly in the scrum. Uh, I thought we struggled a wee bit in the scrum in the first half. Um, and and uh, the second half, I think you could see the difference when we nearly pushed them off their own ball at one stage. Uh, so there's there's talk of maybe another signing after the World Cup, although that doesn't really help us this season. But, you know, when you look at the second row depth now, and, and uh, Nathan, I think it was mentioned, as a Chukwu. I thought he looked really, really keen, really, really good when he came on last night. Uh, so you've depth right down, you know, to you down to Carter. Probably he's probably moved to sixth choice now. Um, and uh, Bradshaw Ryan, whilst I would agree with you, he didn't really look outstanding, but he's given you an option in the line out there that. Uh, Maybe we haven't had. Uh, maybe maybe when we came under pressure, we didn't have the the, the really big tall guy to target. And uh, once we got over the jitters last night, I thought he looked very assured in the lineup. So um, yeah, happy happy with the with the signings and happy with the depth. And yes, I'll agree with you on Rafael. I think he is going to be uh, maybe a, a, an unsung. Hero, a bit like the guy who replaced Sean Reedy. Um, one one play last night from him, he made he made the tackle, got up and made the turnover. Uh, you know, it was sort of Artie Servier-esque nearly. Uh, so, look, I'm I'm excited to see who who out of that group can force their way really into match day twenty three. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's good to have that competition. And I see uh, Nathan has raised his virtual hand there. So Nathan, we'll go to you now and uh, for your thoughts on Ulster signings. Yeah, just to kind of build on what Ian said there. I mean, he mentioned front row. There was two places. I mean, we're talking about taking next steps and and building depth. Like building depth is is important, and Ulster needed a lot of that. But you know, Ulster needed a loose head, a powerful loose head that kind of you know helps with the scrum issues. I mean, Warwick had a great year last year, but. If you look at the teams that, that Ulster competing against in, in the URC and in Europe, you know, you're looking at your Leinsters, you're looking at your Lower Shells, you know, their front row guys are scrummagers and ball carriers, the Porters, the Antonios of these world. Um, 
do Ulster have that right now? Probably not. And then the other thing they need, they need a big ball carrier in, in that back five as well. I mean, Vermeulen probably hasn't been the ball carrier as advertised. He's more of a defensive line out and defensive breakdown specialist. And he's been excellent in that area, but probably hasn't been the ball carrying threat of his earlier career. I don't know, maybe someone like Rafael coming in, you know, there's more, less responsibility on, on breakdown in that back row and other back row players can carry more, such as Timoney maybe. Um, but yeah, and but the, the flip side of that is these players don't, they don't just grow on trees. I mean, look at the other clubs that are looking to go over the edge. Leinster needed a big, beefy second row and they got they got like Munster Castaway and Jason Jenkins. These lads aren't available every summer. So you make do with what you've got. I think Ulster have done a very good job of making do with what's available. Tumanga Allen will cover for O'Toole on Six Nations duty and, and maybe more. More might be going um, away with Ireland as well, a bit more now. So that was a clever signing. Um, but it's probably not the signing, the calibre of signing that Ulster need to give them that extra 5% in in the back ends of the season. And, you know, Ian hinted at the at the Kitchoff deal. Look, we'll see if that happens or not. But, that you know, that's an ideal scenario that happens a year earlier. But we'll see what happens there. Yeah, yeah. No, I, th- I think that's uh, that's a good point. I think Ulster need uh, ball carriers in their back row. We, we look there at, um, I was talking about Marcus Ray, Sean Raffle, um, uh, the Ray and sorry, Matty Ray as well is in there. Just um, thinking off the top of my head, we don't have that many. And even, I mean, our our second rows, you, you look at um, you look at the pack overall, and there's not many dedicated ball carriers there. So, um, in in terms of our signings overall, they're all good players. Perhaps <laughs> not the most, most most logical signings. I mean. Uh, we signed a, a tight head, whereas, as you say, we really probably needed a, a really top quality loose head, um, which, uh, as Ian alluded to, um, there's uh, a, a South African potentially on his way. Who knows? It's all being kept very under wraps um, after the World Cup. Um, so, yeah, I think it's it's sort of a, a mixed bag. It's it's uh, all, all certainly good players, but just have we, have we recruited in the right areas? I'm not sure. Certainly added depth, and Ian says he can't beat. Uh, can't beat a bit of depth. That's what we lacked last year. You can expect like almost a third of your playing squad to be out injured, injured at any given time, and so having those players, um, those quality players there, um, it can never be a bad thing. So, um, Reese, have you anything to, to add to that, or have we covered most things? Uh, I, th- I think I think you've covered that. I mean, like you said, having depth is so important, and and it's not just having that depth; it's making sure, you know, that that depth isn't too much of a drop off in quality, you know, from your from your first string. And um, judging off last night, it's you know not too far off, really. But yeah, nothing else to add there. That's grand. So in terms of. Um... Uh, Ulster's returnees um, and just a few guys that we haven't seen in a while I mean there's a couple of strange ones and I want to talk to, to Nathan um, about a couple of former Leinster players being a Leinster fan himself uh, we, we've got uh, Jordy Murphy who started last night and captained the team uh, from number 8 very versatile player and Ian Madigan now um, Murphy uh, has had his ups and downs at Ulster never fully established himself, perhaps in the way that we expected. Uh, similarly, someone like Ian Madigan, very established player, uh, has played at the top level for many years, probably expected more game time since coming to Ulster. So uh, with those two in particular, Madigan we didn't see much of at all last year. It seemed to be just left out in the cold. Uh, what are your expectations this season 
uh, for those two. Well, it was interesting to see where Madigan played last night. Um, you know, playing out of position in the centres, Ulster, in theory, are going to have struggle for centre depth at the beginning of the season. James Hume is still out, and I don't know what they're going to do with, with McCluskey and bringing him back in. And he's obviously had a, had a busier summer than expected. So I don't know what the policy is in terms of when he gets back. But, you know, if one or both of those guys are missing game time, who the hell is going to play 12 and 13? Interesting to see Madigan at 12 last night. He did it a little bit for Leinster before he moved over to Bristol. Um, I don't know if he's had a conversation with the coaching staff and, and said, am I more likely to get some game time playing, covering 12 and, and maybe a little bit of 15, which you used to do as well? I, I, I don't think, as a, from an Ulster point of view, I don't think you want, you, you don't think you're in the best of places if, if he's playing out of position, he can do a job there. But, you know, considering the, the, what's normally in that centre pairing, it's not, you know, it's not going to strike fear into, into teams, put it that way. Um, so, yeah, I, I suspect we might see a little bit of him as more of a, uh, a utility back maybe this year. Um, I suspect his game time at 10 is going to be even less now. The planner he's in, by all accounts, he's, he's a quality player and just got caught in a backlog of, of 10s at Munster. Um, so, yeah, so we'll see what happens with Madigan there. But I don't know what happened last season when he got left out of the cold. Just think, think something's going on behind the scenes that we didn't see. And obviously, they're, they're very committed to Billy Burns as well. Murphy, he's a very, he's, he's what I call a very high high floor player in that what, you, what you're going to get like day by day basis is, is fantastic. You're not necessarily going to get the ceiling of other players. He does his basics really well. He makes his tackles. He hits a lot of attacking breakdowns. He's not massive jackling threat, but he's got a little bit of, in, a little bit of it in him. And he's a, absolutely, he's a fine ball carrier. He's not, you know, not going to break the game on every single time or change games in their heads. But um so look, I think he's he's a very good baseline um, player for, for for Ulster. They probably need a few others around him. Some looking at the likes of Timoney to take a step up and, and turn into those game breakers. But you'll get plenty of game time in that back row. Um, Joey Murphy this year. I don't think there's any question of that. Yeah, I know. It was just whenever Murphy came, I think he'd been he was in really good form for for Leinster. He came to Ulster. Yeah, he, he had that last six months with Leinster when they won uh, in 2018 when they won Europe. And he'd made the decision to leave Leinster quite early in the season. And then he kind of had that resurgence. Um, I think that's probably shown that that was him at his peak. And, you know, that probably wasn't the baseline, Jordy Murphy, you were you were getting necessarily, which is, you know, a little bit unfortunate. But, they, you know, they made the decision to sign him or and Leinster made the decision to release him before that run of form. So I think they, they kind of knew what they had there. Um, and I think Leinster saw that they had a few better options coming through with the likes of Doris. Um, so... I think you know he is he is what he is, and he might have those peaks of form again. But he's he's a very high floor, low ceiling type player. I think. Yeah, no, that's that's a perfect description for for Murphy. And okay, I I like him. He just he's almost too versatile for his own good. He can play right across the back row, and and perhaps can't nail down any of those positions. You know, he's 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 good at everything, but maybe not outstanding at any one area. Uh, which which is actually doesn't sound like a compliment, but. I mean it as a compliment. He's he's a very solid player, and I'd like to see more of him. Um, so, uh, Ian, I want to turn to talk you know about um, a, a a player that we're all excited to be back in the squad, Jacob Stockdale. So, um, how important will Stockdale be for Ulster this season? We're lucky enough to have depth in the in the back three, but um, it was uh, an emotional moment <laughs> seeing Stockdale come back on, wasn't it? Yeah. Absolutely, I, I I think we can all we can all uh, claim an assist in that try last night because we were all willing willing him to to score and uh, my my mate beside me um, 
did point out in that attack. He says, look how far Stockdale is out in the wing. And I, and, and, and I said, well, I hope we can get the ball out to him. Uh, and uh, eventually we did. Um, look, it, it's, it, I think the reaction from the rest of the players to, to the score would tell you that he is just a massive confidence builder for the rest of the team. Just everybody knows what he's capable of. And I know, and particularly, um, and I know slight on Nathan, but particularly Leinster uh, fans will point out, oh, uh, Jacob's got this or Jacob's not got that. Um, but I think that's more down to the fact that they love to see a Leinster players in green. Uh, Jacob Stockdale is world-class. There is absolutely no doubt about that. And world-class players provide uh, and produce better quality performances from the people around them. That's why we sign uh, guys like Vermeulen, Coxie before him, uh, and, and, you know, the other provinces, uh, their own big signings, because they can... They can uh, produce that that bit extra and they can get the guys around them playing you know even it's only one two percent better than than they would do without them so i think from an ulster perspective having them back is 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 fantastic uh, i think you'll see uh more of the 2018 jacob than than the 2020 jacob uh, he looks fit uh, he looks really, he looked last night really keen to, to get involved. I don't think Jacob has always given you that impression for the, for the, you know, he, he, he likes to score tries, though he would say himself, you know, he gets more of a buzz out of um, uh, assisting in tries. But, uh, you know, his uh, um, immediate involvement last night, you know, was taking high ball. And, uh, you know, bar one, which I don't think he even had a, any chance of ever getting to, you know, I think he took three uh, last night and, and, and really looked very good and very strong. There was, a, there was one run out where he, I think he dragged about three guys with him. So his strength is still there. Uh, his appetite is obviously there. So it's going to be uh, interesting just to see how, how far he can uh, he can go uh, this season and get and get back, but it's it's so so good to have him back. Uh, yeah. I know you have a wee note down there uh, about Luke Marshall, uh, and that's uh, a bit of a cliche, but uh, Luke Marshall is uh, yeah, you know certainly one of my favourite players. But um, we've said this so many times how good it is to have Luke Marshall back because the guy has just had a, a horrendous injury profile over his career. But he bounces back, and he he just showed with that running line last night for his try that his his rugby brain is as intact as it ever was. So uh, he's added uh, uh, to our centre depth there just immediately, just by, by having him back there. Uh, and if you think you know uh, uh, the other long term guy, if we could just get Will Addison back onto that uh, onto that side as well, that there's three. I would put into the really top class in Ireland players that we could have back in our back line. Can you imagine the, the depth mm-hmm. with Will Addison, Mike Lowry, and then you've got the likes of uh, 
well, uh, Balakun and, oh. and, and uh, Balakun's another guy who could mm-hmm. end up being the next sort of Tommy Bo, isn't he? He's that sort of way about uh, him. Peter, I think I think the richness that we have in in uh, in, in the in the backs in particular um, is is at the envy of, of of many teams. And you know, I take nothing away from from Leinster, and but when you take their two centres, the two two international centres out of out of the side, whilst they have got a lot of good young players, um, you know. Their, their their forward pack is is the one that's taken them to the to to the highest levels. Um, we just need to match that ourselves in the forward pack, and I think we've got the best. Uh, certainly, and and among the four provinces, I think we've potentially got the best back line. Yeah. All players being fit, of, of of course, in an ideal world. Yeah, absolutely. I, I I agree with you, but then again, I'm com- I'm completely biased. Well, that's you, you have me you have me on from a bias. So. <laughs> no, sure. I I agree. But you look at that. You look at that back line. And I, I actually got the um got the depth chart up in front of me here. Will Addison, Stuart Moore, McCloskey, Marshall, Hume, Moxham, and Curtis in the centre, and um beyond that, you've you've guys like Aaron Sexton who. Again, we haven't talked about much, but Aaron, Aaron has come with enormous potential and a lot of hype. Um, we haven't seen him just kick on as quickly as we might have uh, hoped or expected, but maybe that's not a bad thing. Maybe he's just being allowed to develop um, his overall game, you know, at club level. Um, but I, I want to turn to to Reece now. Again, as an outsider, it's great to have your perspective on this. Uh, it's really listed a few players there who we haven't seen in a while, Stockdale, uh, uh, Sexton uh, as well he just hasn't uh, really come into the squad as much as, as we might have hoped Madigan, Murphy, Curtis is a two Marshall, are, are there any, any of those guys stood out to you uh, last night watching the game? I mean obviously it was great to see Jacob Stockdale uh, back on the pitch, I mean obviously watching from here definitely put a smile on my face when he, when he got the ball for that try and you just you just saw the ground just roar, it just you know, it just got so loud, I, I would have loved to have been there for that, so it was great to see it was great to see that, and I think he, he said the players just swamped in. I think it was Stuart Moore just jumped on him straight away. That was great to see. Um, I was actually going to bring up uh, Aaron Sexton. I thought um, you're right; he hasn't kicked on quite as well as obviously fans would have hoped. But I mean, just to put it plainly, he's just pure gas. I mean, he's so so fast, and I think sometimes when you have players like that, if you can just get him into those positions and areas when they can just really utilize their speed. I mean. I'm not sure if it was made of much of a point as by the commentators last night, but the extra winner, Ollie Woodburn, I mean, he is so, so quick. I mean, watching him week in, week out in the Premiership, he is, he doesn't get the highlights so much, but he is definitely one of the fastest players in the league, to be quite honest. I thought Sexton dealt with him really well. I mean, there was, I can't remember who it was, but there was a for sure extra try and Sexton just sort of burst out of nowhere and, and took this big loose forward down. Um, and so, so, yeah, he, he stood out for me, definitely. Yeah. No, uh, uh, Sexton is a guy, um, he, he was a sprinter originally, and you can tell. <laughs> he just, uh, he, as you say, he paced the burn. And now we need to see him develop uh, all areas of his game. Not not that I'm, I'm not criticising him there, but just 
uh, need to see evidence of it. And and uh, it would be great to have a guy with that electric pace. Imagine him coming on against tired legs. Like that's what we want. Um, so I want to turn very quickly, and we'll, we'll wrap up pretty pretty soon here. But I want to ask Ian. This is a tricky question for a big Ulster fan like yourself. Are there any guys in that squad? you think maybe aren't fulfilling their potential at the minute and just need to have that big season. Um, again, it's not, I'm not asking you to put the boot in, but are there any guys that uh, should be um, a, a level above where they are at the minute? Uh, there are for sure, Peter. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm sure uh, every fan will look at their, look at their team and, and, and look at them critically sometimes. Um there's de- there's definitely one or two for me um, that I I, I um, just look at uh, for example I look at Sam Carter uh, and uh, you know I mentioned earlier on you know he's he's probably sixth choice lock at our club now and when you sign someone like that an experienced international from from Australia uh, you would have hoped for better and that's not just uh, over the last season I think that's since he came to the club. Um, I'm looking for a lot better this season from Eric Sullivan. I think he's got to um, push Andy Warwick out of that uh, uh, that number one shirt. I don't think Eric Sullivan would be expecting to be uh, coming on as a replacement uh, with with having international ambitions. Uh, he came on the scene a couple of seasons ago and forced his way into that Ireland setup uh, and. Um, you know he's he's gone down the pecking order, so he needs to up his game. Um, I I I don't mind being critical of Aaron Sexton. I think the expectation because of his um, uh, sprinting ability, the expectation uh, of him was probably too high. The few times that I've seen him, um, he looks like a sprinter and not a rugby player, and I hope that that you know they've really worked with him to make him a rugby player because he's got size and he's got speed and if you add a bit of rugby new then I think you've got a rugby player and I think this is his last chance and I don't know uh, young guys like that uh, you know who who end up at a crossroads um, they're, 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 they're uh, you know they're either going to make it or not make it uh, and rugby now is becoming such a cutthroat thing. It's a bit like soccer was in, back in the day, where I knew from you know from my young days, a couple of guys who had the ability and the potential, and and and, and didn't make it just simply because uh, of of what it was. Um, so Aaron, to me, Aaron is uh, this is his make or break. If he doesn't, uh, you know, we'll see him in the AIL occasionally. I would have thought. Um, the, 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 the big worry for a lot of young fellows coming through now is what has happened uh, across the water and I know the other guys might have a view on that as well with the way the, uh, the Premiership has, has sort of nearly ring-fenced itself against the Championship and with the salary cap the opportunities for young guys from here to go across and make a career in uh, the Championship the likes of Mark Best, uh, would, would spring to mind. Those opportunities are dying away. We're not having, they're not going to have those. So, uh, you know, if, if, if they can't make it in the uh, URC with Ulster, 
okay, there may be an opportunity at Pro D two, but that you know that's 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 uh, that, that you know that's maybe a, a channel that other nations are looking to as well. So, yeah. um, fingers crossed for Aaron. Uh, um, I'd lo- I'd love to see it. I'd love to see that uh, that depth on the left wing that we have, per- perhaps on the on the other side. Yeah. No, absolutely. I think so, you've hit the yeah, you've hit the nail on the head there. I think uh, in terms of our 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 pack, it, it's about taking it to the next level. I think all of us. If you'd said Andy Warwick would be starting every game ahead of Eric O'Sullivan a couple of seasons ago, you wouldn't have you wouldn't have believed me. Do you know, but um, uh, Andy Warwick, in fairness to him, has been very solid. Um, but Eric O'Sullivan, having burst onto the scene. Great sort of uh, uh, ball carrier, good work around the park, and uh, just hasn't kicked on the way that we expected. So I'd love to see a big season from him. Sometimes I don't know takes a takes a, a wake up call, like being a second choice to to spark him back into action and a good preseason. Um, we'd like to see a lot more from him, mm-hmm. as you say. Her- oh, sorry, go sorry, ahead. Yeah. Sorry, I, I, I just on on that point. I think. Uh, 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 from first half last night, I think um, both Warwick and, and O'Sullivan are going to come under pressure a bit from Reid. Uh, yeah. He looked he looked good last night. I uh, but I've been impressed by him every time I've seen him, and uh, maybe this is his breakout season as well. Yeah, Reid was a bit of a, a superstar at school and, and an amazing ball carrier, like really uh, dynamic, sort of modern prop and. Um, I'd, I'd love to see him push ahead now as well. It's just, as we all know, it's difficult for props when they're, you're young. Do you know I was chatting to a name drop here, BJ Botha, about this subject? And, uh, BJ was saying about um, the, the difficulty with props. You just need to have a certain number of games. Do you know um, it takes a while to get your technique perfect? Now, Callan has. He's done really well. So I'd love to see him step in. Um uh, you t- talk about Carter there as well. Like you look at the contrast in signings a couple of seasons ago. We got uh, it was Matt Fadas and, and Carter came in uh, at Munster signed in the same window. Um, Snyman and Delande. So yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, I mean, you you look look at the contrast there, and uh, Carter comes with with pedigree, you know. But you'd love to see him step up uh, this season, become a real leader in the team. Um, uh, and even someone younger guys could learn from, you know, uh, the likes of Harry Sheridan who. Who I'm a huge fan of, and I think has has a bit has a big future either as a as well as a hybrid sort of second row back row. He looks a big lad, you know. I, I sort of thought uh, I wasn't sure how much he he'd have uh, bulked up, but he he looked the part last night. He's mm. very 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 good. And um, so in terms in terms Nathan uh, of the perception uh, outside of the Ulster rugby bubble, so Nathan's one of the the. Uh, so the D four media crew. <laughs> no, you won't appreciate that label. Uh, but it's it's sort of you see it on Ulster message board. So Nathan, I don't know what is the perception outside the Ulster rugby bubble. Where do you think we stand in terms of the other provinces? Good question. They definitely kind of put distance to themselves in Munster last season. Munster has some sizable change in their coaching ticket. Obviously, we'll see we'll see what happens there. I suspect Ulster probably still will be uh, second strongest um, in the country. I think that you know you get Ulster Leinster in a knockout game and a one on one, anything can happen. But in terms of overall squad and squad depth, you know I think Leinster still have the ability to to probably top URC tables over the course of the season. Um, 
I think for Ulster, the big thing for them is, you know, get 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 to the knockout stages and see what happens. Try, you know, get yourselves a home tie against one of the South African teams instead of travelling over there. Um, and equally in Europe, you know, they, they probably need to be pushing past <laughs> this stage. They need, yeah. be, they need to be pushing past the last 16 um, of Europe at this stage. Now, the, the Toulouse thing was was pretty heartbreaking and they should have won that tie. And uh, I know a lot of people are saying it shouldn't have been two legs and if it was put in leg, um, then happy days. But, yeah. but yeah, I think that's the, that's, the, that's the perception of Ulster there. there. The, the gap between them and, and Leicester is, is not as it was. Um, they'll probably get a bit more competition from Munster this season. And, you know, in a knockout game, in a one-on-one, especially if they get a home tie, you know, they'll, they'll be pretty formidable. You know, they're a very good side. But over the course of the season, that squad depth is going to be tested and, and we'll see We'll see if they manage to get those those home home knockout ties because that's that's ultimately what's going to cost them, I think, is if, if they have to play against these big South African sides on the road um, in the knockout stages. I don't think Ulster are, are as well equipped as, as other teams to, to deal with that. Absolutely, yeah. I, I, I agree with you there. And, um, okay, there's... Uh, Ulster did the double over Leinster last season, albeit a uh, albeit slightly weakened Leinster team, but we'll not take anything away from Ulster for doing that. That was probably our highlight of last season. But as you say, like in, in terms of the business end of the season, Ulster haven't done it. Uh, and uh, you know, we talk about margins and all that, but um, it's uh, now they were unlucky, but um, we're unlucky every season, it seems. And, and we need to change the mentality around that, I think. And that's the coach's job as well as the, the squad, you know. Um, but as a squad, uh, just on that point, Reese, what, what do you think Ulster's biggest challenges or obstacles will be this season? I wonder how much of it will be the mental side. I mean, I think last season they really staked a claim as probably, you know, maybe Ireland's second best side behind Leinster. And I think you wonder some sometimes, you know, how that, expectation and the talk in the media can really affect players. I mean, um, I, w- I was lucky enough to be at the Premiership launch actually on Thursday and Exeter, they, I don't know how much you saw it, but they had a dreadful season last year and ended up seventh. And Rob Baxter was saying a lot, like so much of it was just the sort of mental toll that um, so much talk in the media took on uh, took on the players. I mean, the talk of the new changes and, and, and it was that that really hampered them more than anything on the pitch. And I think I think you wonder when players get into those situations and there's so much more talk about them in the media, which is how they're going to deal with it. I mean, like Nathan said, they should be kicking on in the latter stages in Europe. They, you know, they should have cinched up that Toulouse tie. You just, you don't know sometimes how that's going to have an effect on players. I think you just don't know how that favourite tag sits with players and coaches sometimes and how they take that onto the pitch. I think, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they deal with that this year for me. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's, yeah, it'll, it, it requires a shift in mentality and um, it's good to have the guys, uh, as Ian alluded to, the likes of Fremulin, those guys just raise performances by by the fact that they're there. Do you know, they're just winners. Um uh, I think we need a couple more guys like that also at their best whenever we were competing for Heineken Cups they had a number of South African guys you had uh, Pinar and Muller uh, Vandenberg and um, Terblanche and all back, back in the day you need guys like that proven winners to take you to the next level probably don't have maybe have one or two world class players in Vermeulen and Stockdale um, but you maybe need three or four um, and uh, 
I was going to ask about the Emerging Ireland Tour, uh, just, to, just to get your thoughts on that. I've sort of made my thoughts uh, clear, I, I'm sort of, but I've come around a wee bit. So I'm interested to hear your your opinions on that. Does anyone have any particularly strong views in this Emerging Ireland Tour? Good idea, bad idea? Um, any any strong opinions? Can I go first there again? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. I, I When it was announced, uh, um, last week or the week before um, I, I had three just basically three comments on it uh, I, I, I thought the idea of, of the, the tour uh, excellent um, the makeup of the squad would, would determine my final feelings um, the timing of it is absolutely rubbish um, for, for so many different reasons but mainly uh, you know, we're starting the business end of this season. They talk about the business end being the end. The business end for me is a start because if you get away to a good start, that shapes the rest of your season. If you get away to a poor start, you're playing catch up. And, you know, to me, in that league, you can't be playing catch up. It's just not on. Uh, if teams are going to be shorn of, of uh, uh, you know, sort of six, eight of their of their starting players, you know, you're going to go to, 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 to teams that you would normally be expected to, to beat and you're going to struggle against them. And that's the points that you need to be, to be getting, you know, losing those points uh, and then expecting them to, to gain the points that you've lost against the better teams. It's just not on. So I'm, I'm jury out at the moment depending on the makeup of the squad, the, 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 the sort of view, uh, the voice coming out of the IRFU was that this would be uh, uh, a lot of young guys who impressed at under 20s level. Now, if, if you look at Ulster's uh, sort of over the last couple of seasons, the guys that have impressed at under 20s level, a couple of them are already uh, integrated into our, our squad. Uh, so uh, I would hate to be losing those guys. I I don't think it's a, uh, people talking about McCluskey going. People talking even about Jacob going. I don't think it's a, that's what the tour is is going to be designed for. Uh, why would you take Stuart McCluskey in an emerging Ireland tour when it's questionable if he'll even be in uh, uh, you know the, the the bigger squad moving forward? Uh, you know when 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 they were taken basically two sides to New Zealand. He wasn't considered uh, uh, until there were injuries. So, you know, that's just one guy. I mean, there's others, I'm sure. Uh, but, you know, I can look at, uh, I can look at Munster, I can look at Leinster, and I can look at Comet, and I can pick guys out there that I would have on an emerging Ireland tour ahead of uh, uh, the likes of Stuart, you know. So uh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful that we don't lose the nucleus of our team. Uh, uh, and uh, I'm sure the other provinces are looking at it the same. I'm essentially uh, an Ulster and Ireland fan, but you know, I pay my season ticket to go to Ravenhill, uh, and I'm not paying uh, the guts of 300 quid to uh, to go there to watch Academy. Yeah, yeah, that, I, I, that, I, that might sound a bit callous, but that's how it is in reality. Yeah, yeah, it makes a bit of a mockery if the URC doesn't it. If uh, a lot of your uh, best it, just gives, it just gives the, the the mockers and the doubters of the URC 
uh, uh, fodder. And, and you already saw that even from, uh, you know, sort of seasoned uh, bloggers and journalists, uh, particularly uh, across the water. Uh, you know, they were jumping on that straight away. Yeah, so. yeah. Uh, that's it. Uh, is, is there, uh, Reese or Nathan, I mean, any any sort of initial thoughts on that tour? Good, good idea, bad idea? Well, I, I agree with Ian that it depends on who's going. I think if it's, uh, you know, if it's to get Ruben Crothers into another level of green jersey, fantastic, because, you know, he's he's probably not going to get a lot of game time already season. But like you said, if it's someone like McCluskey, doesn't make a lot, a lot of sense. The one thing I would say about the point about making a mockery of the URC, it's it's we're, 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 like Ireland have been on this model for ages now, but it's it's we've gone down the All Blacks model kind of on steroids, so to speak. Of you know, it's just the four provinces that they're all just funnels to the Irish team, and, and Andy Farrell doesn't really give a you know what about annoying the the provincial coaches. This is just this is he thinks this is something that needs to be done in the build of the twenty twenty three and Ireland's to be all an end all, so it's going to be done, and this is the, the window that they had for it, and you know if it leads to better performances in France next year and if they uncover somebody from last year's 20 squad who can who all of a sudden jumps up the pecking order and plays a really good role next year then I don't really care I'm not I'm in, in, 18, in a year's time I'm not going to be saying oh that Leinster Ulster game that's in this that, that Leinster Ulster game that's in this window oh I, I missed this player watching I'm not going to give a you know what about that so I, I think yeah. there's this swings and roundabouts and there's, and there's you know you can look at it in a lot of different ways but you know they're trying to do something different to avoid the, the usual World Cup fiasco. And if that's get get a 20-year-old kid now in the system who can do a job next year, then who otherwise wouldn't have the opportunity to do that? I don't care. I think it's a good thing. Fair, fair, fair point. And as you say, look, it depends who goes. We don't want a bunch of guys going out and holding bags or guys that we know uh, their capabilities already. Like Sumacroski, as you say, Ian, like, what's the point? We, we know what he's capable of. Arguably, you could watch those guys play against their provincial rivals in the URC and get a pretty good measure of them that way. I appreciate you need to get them into the system. And if it was if it was Nathan Duke, Ethan McElroy, uh, Ruben Crothers is another name that I, I we haven't brought up yet. Uh, so thanks for that, Nathan. Um, but uh, guys like that, if if they're getting into a green jersey, great. That's exactly what we want. But not uh, uh, not a bunch of guys uh, that we we know about already. So, um, <clears throat> Rita, any strong feelings either way on the uh, on the emerging Ireland tour? Oh, I mean, like like you said, it it. It totally depends who's going, and it also depends like who you are and who you go for. I mean, Andy Farrell feels he needs to do something different, you know, just to reach a World Cup semi-final, let alone a final and 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 win it. And if yeah, like if Nathan says in you know twelve whatever months, Ireland are going home with a World Cup trophy, no one's going to be complaining about this. But um, I mean, yeah, it swings and roundabouts, and the short term is. Yeah, it is unfortunate if you're going to be watching URC matches and so many, you know, decent players and internationals, you know, even more so than they are already are gone. And I mean, the URC as a business are trying to build themselves as a corporate product. I mean, they've just announced, you know, a new name sponsor. And I mean, if you're tuning in these big matches and so many key players and internationals are not going to be there and it definitely devalues the competition in a way. But yeah, again, like I said, if... If Ireland come home with a World Cup trophy, then it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think we all will be forgiven <laughs> if, if that happens. Um, so uh, I'm conscious of time here, so we'll just wrap up in, in a sentence, if you can. 
what are the expectations or predictions for the season ahead? Uh, so who wants to go first? Like, what do you think Ulster will achieve this season? Stick your neck in the line here and say uh, where you think we'll get to, do you think we'll kick on from last season? Uh, Peter, I think uh, this time last year, uh, my expectations were were, uh, were 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 low, uh, and I think we perhaps in some uh, way overachieved last season. So uh, taking that into into account, um, I would be hoping that uh, we are um, competing for top four in the URC. Uh, I'd be delighted uh, to, you know, to get uh, uh, a home quarterfinal and then see where that takes us. Uh, difficult task in Europe with um, drawing the, the current champions. Um, and those are going to be two very tough games. Uh, last season in, in Europe, I think it was very unfortunate the way we ended up playing against Toulouse, who were the reigning champions and, and who only scraped into that round of 16. Uh, I, I, again, uh, I think quarterfinal in Europe is, is achievable. So um, I'm looking at, um, you know, emulating last season to an extent, uh, maybe just getting, uh, maybe just getting that wee bit more purchase in Europe. URC is going to be so tough. I think South Africans are going to be even better this season. So yeah. uh, it, it, it'll be It'll be, it'll be an interesting one, and there's no doubt about it. I'm really looking forward to the to the challenges that are coming ahead. And, uh, you know, I'll take any success, um, but, I, I, you know, there's a lot of teams capable of winning one or both trophies. Um, so uh, winning trophies, I think if, if, if that's what you set your heart on, uh, you, you're always going to be, there's a disappointment coming there. So I'll I'll settle for you know good competitive season, um, uh, you know producing good young talent and uh, looking for a lot of green a lot of white jerseys on the green plane down to France at the end of next season. Let's reach for the the stars, Ian. That's my attitude, and mm. I think you're realistic there. To be honest, I think uh, I've been uh, around too long. <laughs> I completely get it, and uh, I think I think you're right there. I think look, there's a, a a great crop of young players coming through there. If we combine that the next couple of seasons with experienced pros, um, we could kick on. Look, the, the the atmosphere around Ulster is a lot more positive than it's been in recent years, and that's great. So, yeah. uh, in, in a couple of sentences, uh, Nathan, uh, what are your predictions for Ulster this season? Yeah, I think they're going to struggle to get a home draw. Uh, in Europe in the knockout stages with La Rochelle there so I wouldn't be surprised if they do get a big knockout uh, win away on the road uh, but I think yeah quarterfinals probably the limit there maybe you know potentially semi-final but I don't see them going further in Europe and yeah they'll, they'll, they'll be top four uh, in URC and then it just depends I think a lot on the on the draw and uh, yeah and I, I, I tend to try and avoid predicting knocked out knockout rugby because uh, the South Africans did me dirty on that front uh, <laughs> last season so yeah I think right. yeah I think They'll be, they'll, be, they'll be top four in um, domestic and then trickier in Europe. But. Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, uh, fair, fair. And Reese, um, expectations for this season? 
Yeah, I, I agree with Europe. I think, you know, quarterfinals are realistic. You know, like we said, having La Rochelle, you know, is it's, it's a tricky, tricky task. But, you know, I agree with top four in the URC. I, I don't see why Ulster can't reach, you know, a semi-final again. Um, I mean, they were so close to the regional final last year. I mean, yeah, this is, this is a young squad, so more of the same. I think you want to sort of start building a platform or, or building more on the platform that was built. I mean, you don't want to you want to change too much to sort of try and get success in the short term. So I think just another sort of, you know, you know, steady season getting top four and and a good showing in the in the knockouts will be yeah good enough for Ulster. I think. Yeah, so uh, I I think that's that's uh, we're all pretty on the pretty much in the same wavelength there. I think Ulster can beat anyone in their day, especially they're start they're first they're starting fifteen. You look at the depth and quality there. We we could beat any team in Europe on our day, uh, but it, it does come down to depth. As we talked about at the start, to come full circle, uh, McFarland reluctant to reach to the bench at crucial times last season. Maybe uh, sort of the 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 new signings we've brought in will make a difference there. McFarland will be more inclined to uh, rotate players as well. But um, yeah, I think uh, as I said to you, like, I think the atmosphere around Ulster is is positive. We feel like we're moving in the right direction. McFarland has brought us on. There's a clear um, uh, a clear sense of of direction there in the Ulster squad, and uh, we are we're progressing, and uh, we get to see those young guys come through and, and get games for Ireland. So, look, I think that's all we need to talk about today. Um, I think we've covered most of the game. We've got Glasgow next week and then Connacht the week after that in the first actual, uh, the first game of the URC. Um, so I look forward to that and I look forward to speaking to you guys uh, again at some stage because um, that was that was good. So hopefully you enjoyed listening to that and, and thanks guys for joining me today. Cheers, Peter. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me, Peter. That's great. Thank you, everyone. So until next time, that was the Red Hand Podcast. Join us on Patreon. Uh, we can sign up for exclusive content. You can go on the website, theredhand.co, uh, join the Facebook group, uh, follow us on Instagram, stay updated. There'll be plenty more content like this, um, written articles, interviews, and podcasts. So thanks again for your support, and uh, keep an eye out for uh, the Sean Reedy interview. It'll be up soon. Cheers.